are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Okay, greetings everyone. Um, welcome back to another of Amoda Ma podcasts. My name is Kavi, as hopefully some of you know. And uh, I'm going to be talking with Amoda Ma today about the personality and awakening, pretty much. The title of today's podcast is likely to be, Do I Need to Be Ready to Awaken? Amoda. Yes, Kavi. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, so we've just been doing, we're coming to the tail end of the five-week course on the embodiment of enlightenment. Um, And today's kind of uh, exploration was quite juicy for people, I think, in that not only did it unpack some of the uh, idea, the myths, as we've been doing this whole journey of awakening, um, but it also drilled down, if that's the correct word, or explored or opened up the whole idea of the personality, what happens to it, is there a need or a, or a I mean, what is it? A, 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 it? Well, yeah, is there a need to be ready for awakening to happen? Or is that just some ludicrous fantasy of the personality self? So what I, I'd like to get into a little bit for, the, for, for, for today is the whole relationship between the self that seems to start seeking something that we call awakening and then you know and then the danger obviously of that hijacking and the relationship between the so-called awakened state which we can explore or, or not and the very self that started out seeking it i think you you it has a little bit to unpack here and i hope you'll help me in trying to at least find out what the questions are (laughs) and then there's the whole thing of course about being prepared do i need to be ready etc etc can you can you run with that for a little bit yeah this idea of readiness and this idea of more ready readiness of course (laughs) (laughs) this idea of being ready um is a delay delay strategy um in the sense that it's an avoidance of what is here now 
you know, to, to, to the, to the self, there's always another time, another moment, another one day I will be more comfortable or comfortable enough in order to, and we could put anything in there. Yeah. (laughs) It could be something that we uh, might be needing to give attention to or wanting to do on a very earthly level, but it can also be applied to the spiritual uh, path. One day I will be free. One day I will be liberated from suffering. One day I will be enlightened. One day I will be whatever, happy. One day I will be at peace. Um, And it's always at some point in the future because the self is never fully, um, I'll use the word comfortable, but it's, it's more than comfortable. The self is not, is never fully relaxed in the now. And the paradox of the situation is that awakening can only come or liberation from self only comes, if you like, appears in a deeply relaxed state. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be relaxed forever. (laughs) It just means in this moment. But if that moment is always up ahead, which is what needing to be ready implies, then there's never a full relaxation into the now. So it can be, I need to be comfortable. I have to wait until I'm comfortable enough in myself in order to fully allow the possibility to be free of myself or I have to be ready in the sense of I have to have done enough work on myself, uh, either self-development work or um, shadow work or meditation, any spiritual practice. If I've done enough and worked on myself enough and accumulated enough spiritual brownie points or knowledge or whatever it might be, then I might be ready. So there's all sorts of variations of readiness, but they're all a putting off of the, the, the invitation of now. And the invitation of now is an invitation to deep relaxation and deep relaxation is a death, a death of the self, the self seeking self comes to an end, at least momentarily. And that of course is going to be terrifying to the imaginary self that's seeking self-liberation. But there it is. And that's the conundrum. That's the paradox, if you like. That's the koan. It's like a living koan. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think that um that this the the self covertly or secretly knows that? <laughs> I don't know if it knows that, not in the conventional sense of knowing. Um, it probably, I mean, it's an imaginary self. Yeah. In order for anything to remain existent, even an imaginary um, construct, I mean, constructs exist. <clears throat> 
um, just because they're invisible doesn't mean they don't exist. They exist as a construct. So for anything to exist, it will somehow, not on a cognitive level, obviously, because it hasn't mm. got any cognition, but on some energetic level, do anything to keep its existence existent. <laughs> so it's non-existence that is the greatest threat, annihilation, and yet annihilation of all constructs, which upholds the construct of self, is what awakening is. There it is. That's the koan. So we could, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> we could, um, as cognitive or self-reflective conscious beings, we can in some ways sort of catch ourselves out in that. We can see that mechanism or at least acknowledge that mechanism and bring some attention mm. to the possibility of it being a sort of insane whirlpool that we get caught up in and at least rein ourselves back from the tendency of believing Yes, yes. Any okay. thought or construct that comes up that says, I need to be ready or I'm not ready enough. Yeah, it's like we kind of um, bring light to the, to the kind of net that ensnares us along the way. And just in seeing that, then there's a possibility we don't have to do anything, but that net stops being so, so uh, solid, yeah? <laughs> because we would rather generally have those those moments those uh epiphany like m moments of let's call it deep deep relaxation or a forgetting of the self in a in a moment in a moment that is graced upon us yeah where we don't have any volition yeah suddenly suddenly something happens and there is there isn't any self to actually do anything but but what you're talking about here is 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 something well, it's almost something else yeah something to 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 see what to see one's own mechanism again we we'll come back to that same thing well those moments of uh no self or yeah let's call it that um actually happen naturally and quietly mm all the time <laughs> it's a moment when you're just looking out the window and gazing into space you mean gazing into of... space or gazing at the snow or gazing at the sky just a moment an ordinary moment in the day or <clears throat> it's the tiniest space between lifting your cup of tea and bringing it to your lips do you remember those those do, do you remember those uh, moments in in let's say a modus old self do you, do you know that they happened or you know because what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing is you are able to articulate those moments now because you're in a in a, in a very very different and much more deeply relaxed awakened space let's call it but the the self, as we know, the self is a, a knotted, a knotted creature. <laughs> well, those moments in the 
let's say, unconscious state, uh, unawakened perhaps, there might be degrees of that, Mm -hmm. Um, but in deeply unconscious states, which is the majority of humanity, those moments are not conscious. (laughs) Yeah, so they happen, they take place, but they're, they're not recognized. Right, they just pass by, yeah. Yeah, and it's not the self that needs to recognize those moments, although it may begin like that. The self-recognizing those moments is what mindfulness meditation is. Yeah. Um, But at some point it's not the self that recognizes those moments, but it's that awareness recognizes itself in those moments and in the awakened uh, state, let's say Mm -hmm. um, that recognition of awareness by awareness is completely natural all the time there's no self recognizing that um so that ends that conundrum (laughs) 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 so so just going back to what you said so we don't all get tangled up here was yes those moments happen naturally um yes they get overlooked or not recognized uh either by the self or by the awareness itself in the unconscious state so they pass us by and then it becomes this on the spiritual search, some mysterious thing that we're looking for, but it's actually here all the time. Um, and yes, we can start to bring more attention to that, which is already awake, not by the self necessarily looking for that, uh, that sort of little window, but by, looking at what stands in the way of that window, which is the mechanism we're talking about. It's not here, it's somewhere else, it's further down the road. Um, When I found the right teacher, when I found the right meditation practice. So it's like drawing it right back to now. Can we recognize it now? And can we recognize the mechanism of mind that says I'm not ready? Right, wow. Which kind of clouds it over. So it's kind of a two, two-pronged approach. <laughs> right. Another way of saying it is recognizing deep silence, recognizing infinite silence that is always here, always here. The silence of being, not just when we're meditating, not just when we're in satsang, not just when we're whatever it is, but here always behind everything. And that sometimes means we slowing down and being quiet Mm -hmm. and then we'll notice the thoughts, (laughs) but recognizing that even thoughts arise out of silence and return to silence. Mm. And that is, I just, want to be clear that is an action of the i do you mean the self or the <laughs> i do mean the self yeah well everything is filtered through the self everything is filtered through the i it has to be even awakened consciousness is recognized through the i it's not recognized independently of the i um it just becomes more refined over time. So instead of it being 
I differentiate between a me and an I. Yeah. Instead of it being a me mm. uh, doing the practice or a me searching for something, it starts to become more of a an I that is simply seeing this, perceiving this. Yeah, it doesn't have the me in it as the doer, as the efforter, as the the one who's striving for something. So, and, and how this this silence, yeah, this. And in, in the in the extreme unconscious state, let's call it, there is no silence. No, there doesn't seem to be any silence. It's very noisy, like the waves buffeting, clattering, plunging, you know. How how do how 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 when particularly when we're so trained away from this silence because this is not just a silence which is the absence of noise that you're talking about it has another quality to it it's the silence of being which is which in the unconscious state it's not that beingness isn't here uh-huh. it's just not recognized right <laughs> it's the same thing. It's same thing the other way around. Here. Everything is already here. The emptiness is. Hold on, hold on. Here. Everything is already here. Yes. This is an easy and glib statement to throw around in the spiritual world, but it actually is. It's it, that's a serious statement that you've made. Yeah. Yes, because because you know the, the, a lot of the, the a lot of people on the spiritual path, not necessarily the people who are listening, but but a lot of people don't think of it or don't imagine it or don't know it to be that. So there is still a shopping basket acquisition. You're going to to the spiritual supermarket, and I'm going to get that, and that's the beingness, yeah, or another yes. you know other qualities. So it's all here it's already here it beingness beingness freedom love presence fulfillment everything that the self desires and everything that the soul desires yeah the self also desires those those qualities at some point. Yeah. But, the, but the self looks for them in the world. The self looks for them in the future. Uh, it's always something that needs to be acquired, okay, whether yeah. that's acquired in terms of uh, a physical thing, a possession or a relationship, or acquired as a quality that you cultivate or that you um, – get from your spiritual practice yeah it's always an acquisition and an acquisition is always somewhere in the future might not be a long future away a short future (laughs) away it doesn't matter the next moment is the future 
is still something that you're trying to get to. If I meditate deeply enough in this moment, then I'll get that quality of peace. Yeah. So, and so um, in that sense, sorry to interrupt again, but, and so in that sense, on a certain level, the past is a hindrance to the, to the getting of those things in the future because it's all on the same trajectory. Well, the idea of a past is, is, yeah, there is no past and there is no future. There is only now, which is why I say it's already here. Everything exists in the now. There, There isn't anything else but now. Everything else, the idea of past and the idea of future are imagined in the now. A memory exists now. A memory about what happened, a retelling of a story of what happened is happening now. What happened isn't happening now. It can't be. But the retelling of it is happening now. (laughs) And that's all there is. It's kind of really simple, really. But when we really realize that, then everything is here now, including beingness, including freedom. Freedom is freedom from the problem of self that is looking for something in the next moment or somewhere up the head, up ahead. The, the, the imagined self is hardwired, hardwired, I'm not sure, hardwired to not know what the hell you just are talking about in the sense that it can only think of the next or what happened as a hindrance to the next moment or the next year or the next minute. That's all it can do. Yes. That's all it can do. So when you say the, you offer the invitation of this, of this moment, that it's all here in this moment and everything else is the imagination, it causes a, a, a sort of rupture in, the, in to, without being too ridiculous, in the space-time continuum because the mind cannot get its head around what that means. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's the opportunity. <laughs> and here is the opportunity. Yeah. It's not for the self to figure out. It's not for the linearity of self. Well, the linearity of self. Yes, to figure exactly. out. It's really simple and it's really direct, but incredibly complex to the imaginary self. It's the death of self, yeah? It is the death of self. Everything comes back to that. The only problem, the only prison that we're trying to free ourselves from by looking for spiritual freedom, awakening, or anything else for that matter, is the self. It's freedom from self. When that freedom is glimpsed, there's no self in that. 
it's not the self glimpsing the freedom. It's almost like the, the glimpse simply is. There's no self. Now the self may come back and go, aha, I had a glimpse. Yes, we've seen this. We've seen this. That's simply yes. an indication that the self is still having an experience. Nothing wrong with that. That, that, that can happen. But the end of self is the only freedom there is, there is. Now that doesn't mean that your body doesn't continue functioning. And that doesn't mean that your mind doesn't continue functioning. It doesn't mean that you don't have a psychological self and a, yeah. In other words, a psyche. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't stop having memories or feelings or experiences or sensations or perceptions. That's all part of the psychology, psychology of being a, a human being. And the physiology, yes, yeah? psychology and physiology go together. You have an endocrine system and a biochemical system and a, uh, whatever other systems you've got. And so you feel and experience and sense. So you function. So you continue functioning. So when we say there's no self, yeah, it's the yeah. end of self. It's not the end of your functioning, <laughs> physical functioning. It's that it's just that the, the self that refers back to itself within every experience constantly, either positively or negatively, or uh, uh, drawing on the past, looking to the future, that comes to an end. So then what functions? Functions intelligently, functions in harmony with that intelligence, functions naturally did i say that already Nat- naturally it's not a function that is um tainted by the psychological need to look for something that is more than is already here more happiness or more, so, love uh, or more yeah. freedom oh, 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 oh. <clears throat> so as a recognition uh, yeah. a, a i hear i hear there's a complete shift of uh, location Mm-hmm. And 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 B the end of obviously as the shift of location, but there's there's a recognition that there's nothing more to there's nothing to acquire. It's whole and complete unto itself, as in we are whole and complete unto ourselves, but only when that shift of location happens yes yes and that doesn't that doesn't mean it's perfect although it is perfection itself in that wholeness it's not the image of perfection that comes from the self but then at that point the self isn't referencing itself needing to be more perfect yeah Yeah. therefore there's just the naked functioning of experiencing what is it's naked it's devoid of self and and the self as in the me uh, that you've just said kind of still still functions there's still the system there's still the human system and this human system still has a personality so there's a personality that still functions i mean you're 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 still still a functioning human being i've seen you go around the supermarket <laughs> nobody could tell that, that, that there's an awakened 
a moda. You don't walking around with robes <laughs> or anything. You're going around doing your shopping. I mean, maybe with a certain ease and a certain grace, dare I say, but it's, yeah. Yes, I mean, at that point, because there's no self-referencing or very little self-referencing, if there is, um, I don't have any image of myself. I don't have an idea of what I'm going around as as a mm. personality in other words there's no there's no trying to be anything I'm neither trying to be a spiritual self in which case I would be floating around in a white robe or something downtown um or or something or trying to be nice to everyone or trying to look everybody in the eye I'm not trying to be any image of myself mm. neither am I trying to you know, anything, I mean, any aspect of personality, I'm neither trying to be gregarious or trying to be uh, demure, nothing. I, I'm unconcerned. Mm. So my experience is one of emptiness. I experience uh, a transparency of human form as I go about. In other words, I'm just there's just doing happening by itself. Yeah. There's picking up of this item or that item according to whatever is needed to nourish this body, to nourish your body or the dog's body. Yeah. The dog's body. <laughs> the dog's body. Yeah. We feed our dog. So we have to yeah get some food for him. So there's a kind of natural functioning, mm. but my experience is not one of personality or personhood mm -hmm, I just yeah. feel like there's a whole big emptiness and whole foods is arising inside of me <laughs> and saying oh what about this how about this this is right for you here you are yeah and it sort of has a grace to it in that yes, way yes. so of course there's a functioning body and a mind that does the shopping but my experience of that is one of uh emptiness if you like or space hmm. or lightness and that's or, or naturalness in, I, naturalness, very much yeah. in naturalness it's yeah. the same in any social situation mm. now you say i still have a personality i'm sure i have I, I don't have much like i say much 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 awareness of it much focus on it i don't know what i come across as whether it's i have no idea mm. i just experience a lightness of being mm. yeah um yes there we are <laughs> yeah well i mean that that that, that arose because of the <clears throat> just the further unpacking really of the of 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 this whole self you know the self and the awakenedness and the relationship therein to try and unpack and demyth demyth a little bit the idea because i still you know as we're talking i still have these uh, images that i remember you know of the awakened ones you know gurus and mainly gurus <laughs> who who have who inhabit with such a totality the enlightened space yeah and the point to the absolute pointing to the absolute and as far as ever, all the devotees and everybody who attends the their you know the meetings or whatever they are satsangs or anything like that these people are ex 
extraordinarily devoid of any personality whatsoever and they're just sitting there and their needs are taken care of and nobody knows whether they eat nobody knows whether they poop or whether they have any ordinary bodily functions and this is a kind of a perennial idea that they just there sitting bathing in the absoluteness of things and um you know and that, and unfortunately that's a bit of a setup i i see because because you know because then if and when certain you know horrors befall that community because of the shadow of the the guru who actually still did have a human personality a human side yeah that it comes as a shock to to everybody and um and 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 you know that that to me that's crumbling into the dust that idea Yes, I, I I think that that I think we've all most of us been brought up, if you like, in that culture um, of the guru, you know, emanating sort of light and wisdom and so on, without really any humanity to that. And in some ways, that's appropriate. I mean, you're not going to get mm-hmm. on a stage or sit in satsang eating your fish and chips or Mm. something. (laughs) Um, There's a certain decorum or elegance or dignity um, and uh, both through the language, the words, what it's being pointed to and in one's own presentation, if you like. But the problem is, as you said, is I think you said was that, people come to see that as an image and an expectation and then it becomes, yeah, the guru becomes that. And actually there's a subtle um, identification with that. So then subtly or not so subtly, there is a human dimension to it behind the scenes and the behind the scenes is kept very hidden. We've seen that with great spiritual teachers I won't mention names who behind the scene have inner circles with uh, much more debauchery going on uh, to various degrees or hidden emotions or hidden uh, human relationships, if you can call them that, um, and so on and so on. And it's just kept hidden. And that's the problem. Mm. Now, again, it's not appropriate (laughs) Uh, you know, there is a role, if you like, that one plays. You know, if if I come to even a Zoom meeting, I'm I'm going to be clean and uh, dressed reasonably well, and 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 so on, and you know, and so is my environment. That's just normal. That's not necessarily spiritual. That's just human decorum, dignity. But we don't have to get overly identified. Well, no, we don't have to be identified with that. No, that's at all. right. Yeah. yeah, which is why perhaps we're not afraid to have our dog in the background or to interact as <laughs> husband and wife, and you know whether that's in a live setting or or a online setting. And I think that needs to break down for the sake of uh, individuals participating in those gatherings, but also for the sake of the so-called or you know actual enlightened one. Mm-hmm. Because it's a it's a great burden to bear mm. to have to be the guru mm. and to always be in that role because there is a human life. We do have husbands, wives, 
dogs, uh, we don't have children, but some teachers do. Mm. Um, and so that has to be included in the decorum, <laughs> in the dignity. Yeah. Um, and I think that is breaking down to some degree. And, and those t- teachers, perhaps, who, who don't and still want to play the guru role, I think that gets uh, pretty much challenged in this cult, modern culture. Now, I don't mean necessarily by individuals, although it can be, but just by life itself. You just can't bear that amount of uh, <laughs> trying to uphold an image um, and and be real, be true, be yeah, be authentic. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it's it's a good, it's a valid inquiry what we're actually talking about because on one hand it brings the the guru idea and the projection and all the mystery that goes around with it back down to earth it also reminds people and shows people and tells people and reminds people you know what is integral within our you know this this with this work that we do which is it is available for each person right here right now yeah damn the myths that go it's up ahead somewhere it's up ahead somewhere you know it's not up ahead somewhere it's here no, it's now. every human birthright the, it, so a, yeah exactly yeah. And, and and just the other thing and and perhaps we've touched on this before i don't remember but um we are in a different era of you know a different historical era and a different cultural environment than for instance uh, uh uh, somebody who's awakened and become the teacher, the guru, um, in 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 Asia, mm. at a different time, because that culture is um, the, the the self, the separate self is is less solid than in the West. Mm. So it's very much a group or community experience, and on a sort of archetypal level the guru or the teacher takes up that role yes and is just that and those around him or her uh take up other roles the caretakers or the uh, i don't know whatever it might be and so that's why you have that structure yeah so somebody is the caretaker somebody is the yes. the one who feeds the other one is the one who does the administration the other one is the one who builds the the ashram and so on and so on so it's like the the whole uh, sorry the one is represented by the many parts or the whole is represented by the many parts but in the west we have a different um in the west and also that in in general humanity has evolved on that uh, psychological level in that all those archetypes are within each of us now. Each of us is the guru. Each of us, you know, are the wise one. Each of us is the caretaker. Each of us is the mother. Each of us is the, the, the one who feeds. Yeah. And so, that uh, being taken care of is not really appropriate mm. <laughs> unless it happens very naturally. Yeah, mm. of course, teams grow, uh, mm. um, you know, volunteers or, or not volunteers, but, you know, organizations grow uh, and that is a team effort, but, but it's not quite so uh, cut and dried anymore. Mm. It's just not so so appropriate. Yeah. So I hear a lot in that because uh, one, one is I hear that the, 
the guru is within, which is always worthy of remembering in this. But also, you know, the the what you're referring to in the in in Asia, maybe you know, some time ago, but still relevant, is that the self. It was easier for the self to kind of surrender into the whole, into the collective, because it was there was a functioning almost tribal, you know. Uh, quality to it and we come over to the west wow there's no tribal quality here man it's it's every man jack for themselves and that has a very Mm. different so we have to given that everything is rolling along in its way there's nothing inherently wrong with that but we do have to get down to the brass tacks yeah down into see that the the mechanism of self that's what we talk about a lot, right? The mechanism of selfing, because actually that in itself, seeing that mechanism is the doorway to the deeper truth. Yeah. Rather yes. than that, rather than that, let's say the Asian model, if, if, if one could. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's more down to earth now. I, and I think that's where awakening is coming into humanity wherever we are whoever we are that freedom is available and that freedom is also very ordinary some may become the the so-called spiritual teacher because they have something to impart that is of value in that role maybe they have the ability to express it very accurately maybe they have the ability to work with people to guide them and support them on that journey uh and so on, but not everyone does, and it'll come through in different ways. But we each have to feed ourselves. We each have to have a roof over our heads. We each have to perhaps pay our taxes. Certainly <laughs> um, uh, in this country. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I say that because I, I, I didn't for many years because there was no need to. So I'm very aware of that now. But we each have to take care of the... Uh, the, 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 the mind-body vehicle that is, that is functioning here. And, and to expect somebody else to do that for us is not appropriate. And so awakening needs to filter into every aspect of our lives so that there is a, uh, a fullness or fulfillment in all of it and not an avoidance that, that keeps us identified with just one role. Yeah, we can be a mother, we can be a dog walker, we can be a, uh, a spiritual teacher, we can be a writer, whatever it might be, whatever is expressing itself is beautiful, it's part of it. Nothing is avoided, nothing is denied. But to try to be something like a spiritual teacher or a guru and have that old setup (laughs) of being taken care of and not getting your hands dirty in the real world is just not helpful anymore. Mm. It's not helpful as a, as a, if you like role model. Good. Okay. Yeah. I hear that. So, um, well, we went down a, rabbit hole i think there did we (laughs) well kind of it's a kind of uh thread of am i ready to awaken am i ready to awaken because awakening usually implies i'm going to be a spiritual teacher 
<laughs> yeah. So am I ready enough to be that? Uh, wrong question. I think I was, <laughs> you know, what I was hearing from some of the conversations that were happening this morning in, the, in a, on our course was, was also, and, and I don't want to open this up too much, but it was also, I, I don't know what it is, you know, whether it's a vulnerability or a fear or, a, yeah, of, of actually falling into the invitation that you've talked about, the invitation that it's here now. Yeah, the, the 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 falling in, the deepening, the the relaxation, the total relaxation, because relaxation is obviously a on a continuum in some ways. But it's but it's so much easier to to ask the question, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I worthy? Am I ready? This whole fixation that we've talked about with the with the future is a way of Avoiding the real answer, which is, yes, you are. Well, you can't be ready. But is readiness, so are are we going to throw readiness out of the window? Yes, there is no ready. Ready is the wrong question. So what does it want? Come on. Okay, we've got a few more minutes. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) What does this mean? I'm never ready. The self can never be ready. So it's an invitation to the death of the self that's asking the question. We've been through some of these things before. You know, everything is based on the whoever said that quality of questions that you ask. It is, it is about sometimes about the questions that you ask because the questions that you ask can lead you a merry dance because then you're going to go, am I ready? No, yes, no, yes. And you're stuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it was, there was a film called existence do you remember yes. and it was like as long as you ask the wrong question this is a fabulous film you if you ask the wrong question nothing would happen it would just stay pretty much in stasis <laughs> that's how i remember it and then if per chance through grace or, or or intelligence you ask the right question then a certain doorway would open not a real doorway but the next moment would open Yes. And the next well, moment is, would it, open, and the next moment. Is that it? It is like that, yeah. <laughs> it is like that on the spir- spiritual inquiry. That's what that, yes. that is. Yeah. If you ask the question from the acquisitive mind, then the depth of this moment doesn't reveal itself to you. That's okay. That's where you're at. And it has to start somewhere. But eventually, the, the you can call it the quality, but the, yes, the, 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 the what the question is pointing to changes, yeah? Stops being a a horizontal question. How can I get from here to there? Or when will I get from here to there? Uh, To a vertical question, yeah? How can I know the fullness of this moment? How can I die into this moment now? I mean, many different questions, but they start becoming vertical. And then that in itself starts to become the answer, the revelation, because it's not speaking to the mind. The answer isn't a satisfaction to the mind. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
vibrational or energetic field that opens up that is beingness itself. Beingness cannot be understood by the mind. It's not a thing that the mind can get, but it is a, a, a state of being, a state of consciousness, a deep relaxation into this, just this, naked, without the self trying to get anything or find itself. That's a shift in consciousness. Yeah, in fact, so of it's course, like, the question it's, changes. It's like, uh, you know, that's what the Cohen's would be. Yeah, a Cohen is has one design in many ways, many designs, but one, which is to confound the questioning mind, so much so that it sort of spins on its head or something or stops, whichever one. Yes, yes, it's a true spiritual inquiry. Is like a. Uh, sort of perhaps more simple, direct kind of koan. Mm. Yeah. So in answer to the question, do I need to be ready to awaken, you would answer? You'll never be ready. (laughs) (laughs) You're always ready. Either of those, yeah. <laughs> or you could say a simple no or a simple yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you think we've uh, we've? I think we've confounded the mind enough. Certainly confounded mine. <laughs> it's not difficult today. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Amoda, thank you so much for sharing this 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 experience with us, um, and uh, I hope we hope you've got something <clears throat> at least interesting and maybe entertaining and possibly um, infuriating, <laughs> <laughs> frustrating, <laughs> mind stopping, or whatever it is that's uh, helping you along your along your way in these uh, strange, you know times that we're in and maybe uh, hopefully this will brighten your day a little bit um may be well maybe may you be blessed please subscribe and share if if it moves you to share this podcast um amoda might be back with somebody else in the foreseeable future but failing that it'll be me again (laughs) if i can find anyone who wants to talk with me is there anybody apart from me who wants anybody out there any other spiritual (laughs) teachers want to have a conversation oh dear such tragic times okay um moda i think uh, our usual stock phrase is i'll see you in the kitchen kitchen. (laughs) all right bye-bye be well people take care And uh, see you again soon. All right. Bye-bye.